From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney Young Junior Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. I'm excited. <laughs> it's been a while since we've been live in the studio, so I'm really excited to jump into all kinds of really cool, interesting topics we're going to talk about today. And a lot has happened since a lot. we've been on the The world air. has changed, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe it's even ending, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it might <laughs> we be. Don't even we better know. enjoy this. It might be yeah, the last episode. It might be the end of it. <laughs> so today, let me give you a brief history of our, our intro to our show, and then we can go into our hit or miss segment. We have as our first guest Asa Hyken, who's a technology reporter for Ad Age. And he covers Web3, AI, and other emerging spaces. Hello, Asa. Hey there. How's it going? It's going well, sir. And in our Spotlight segment today, we are delighted to have our colleague, Professor Vanessa Patrick. She's a professor of marketing at the University of Houston's Business School, and she wrote a book on the power of saying no, which I don't know about you guys, but I really need to learn. I need to read that book. I need to to practice this, yes. So we are really excited. But before we get into talking about what Ace is working on, and he's working on some really interesting stories, I think we should play. Yeah, we love this part of the show, Barbara, because this is the part of the show that we call hit or miss. And what we do is try to talk about lively, hot-button topics that are going on in the marketing, branding, uh, retail world and try to figure out, discuss it amongst ourselves and figure out whether or not it's a positive outcome in a certain extent or if it's a negative outcome. And we call this segment Hit or Miss. Hit. Bullseye. Or Miss. Just a bit outside. Awesome. So, Tomorrow starts Pride Month. Okay, so we have we we would be remiss if we did not talk about the current kind of thing that's going. It's um, it's the the social media world. Barbara is blowing up. Lots of people are expressing very opinionated, you know, uh, reactions to brands that are doing certain things in the marketplace. We've got at least two examples we can talk about. We talk about Bud Light. And we can talk about Target. Target. Yeah. And Target. You know, Target, now that you mentioned Target, has brought in a whole lot of other issues like retail crime. Yep. Um, really big deal. It's complicated. So Bud Light has been in the media for a while. They've yeah. lost a lot Lots. of sales over that. Yep. Target has also. Yep. The Target sales have gone down as a result of the boycott. Yep. And tar- and both. I think Bud Light and Target, I'm more familiar with Target. They've been in this space for a really long really time. Really long time. Ten plus years. Yeah. yeah. Supporting... LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you. This is a hard question, Barbara. What's different? They've, they've got a ten-year-plus track record. What hap- What's happened now that's so different that has engendered such a, a different reaction? You know, there's a lot of reasons, and I'd like to hear what Asa has to say about this too. But I think some of it is the organized political response, um, and so people uh, are going out against Target. Even though Target's had this merchandise for a long time, about 10 years, like you said, but now it's become a way to rally the forces around some very ultra-conservative causes, Mm. and they're actually threatening violence to do that, um, which makes the whole thing very complicated. Yes. Because Target, I think, based on its history, probably wants to support that community and a diverse community. I think they've shown those values. Right, right. But... They've got to protect their Gotcha. So let me ask specifically, uh, Barbara and Asa, is pulling back, retracting a little bit, 
walking back some of this in Target's point of view, taking some items out of the stores, is that a hit or a miss? Or should they stand their ground and say, we're not going to let you know violence we're not going to teach the world that all you have to do to get us off of our values is to threaten violence. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I have different feelings about Target versus Bud Light. Mm-hmm. So you have your opinions about Bud Light. I do know that. <laughs> uh, and I am mine. But yeah. with Target, I think that Target has to spend money in the short run to ensure a long-term commitment. That's right. my personal belief. Mm-hmm. If there are security issues and they're worried about their employees, yes. they may need to hire more security. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yes. I and I know it'll be expensive, but it Very reminds expensive. me of Tylenol crisis. Yes, when they took everything off the shelf yes. because what was most important to them was their that's trust correct. in the consumer. That's right. Now it's clear Target cares about their employees, and yes. that's going to be super impo- mm-hmm. important. Right. But they should then invest the money to protect their employees. That's, that's what I think. Right, right. I think that's super interesting, Barbara, because it's a question of what's the long game here and are you going to stick with your guns and things of that nature. I was considering this as a thought exercise and get your perspective on this as well, Asa. You know, what, what, it's rare event management in some senses, right? It's, it's hard. But yeah. like what happens – to your point, Barbara, something bad happens in the store between customers or between customer employees. Everyone has that little cell phone in their pocket. They pull it out, take a video. It goes around the world in five minutes, and you're in hot water. So I think part of your point is like, listen, we just got to get a, get out in front of this. And you know, maybe some right-wing uh, you know, folk would say like, we won this battle. But for Target, it's like we're trying to win the war, right. which is protect the customer, protect our employees, and at the same time, two things can be true, support the LGBTQ plus community. Right. That's yeah. what about you? What Asa? do you think, Asa? Particularly from your perspective as technology, or not? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that any, I think any effort to walk back support for a marginalized group is never the right decision. Um, I think that you know there are plenty of brands out there who aren't um, who aren't promoting. Pride Month in the same way that Target at least set out to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, if those brands are, you could say that they're anti or pro or whatever, but the the fact of the matter is that Target tried and now it's trying to sort of have its cake and eat it too and walking it back and supporting both groups. But when one group really doesn't want to see the other group just kind of like at an equal level, mm. I've I feel like it's tough. there's there's not a, a willingness to have a conversation there. There's not a there, it's not a very um, equal thing to do. And so I think target walking back any support for LGBTQ communities is just a terrible look. And yeah. it's also you know the internet remembers and and mm. target mm. that's not something that target won. Interesting. So I, yeah. I completely disagree with. With what they did there. Interesting. Listeners, 1844 Wharton, we are interested in your perspective on this. Is Target doing the right thing? What do you think about this so called woke capitalism, rainbow capitalism, all of these different things? You can call up and give us a call and weigh in 1 844 What are your thoughts? Go ahead, Barbara. And you know, it's a bigger issue just than that because, like I said, the other thing in the media now was all the crime in retail. Yes. Um, and so. Th- 
they're like threatening. So there's organized crime that goes into retail and steals things for resale and things. It's oh, really threatening. Wow. So there's shoplifting where people steal for their own personal use. Gotcha. That's been around for a long time. But now there's more organized crime where people literally go in and these violent kinds of protests are kind of a part of that whole continuum oh, interesting. of retail It's a different crime. animal. Yeah. It's really different mm. and it threatens the idea of having open stores that are part of communities and parts of towns. So if you go into a local CVS, you can see it in Philadelphia, toothpaste is like behind the counter, you know, or you have to get a salesperson <laughs> yes. to unlock yes. your bottle of shampoo. This is true. Uh, yeah. What does that say about <laughs> yeah. the future of retail? Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's threatening a very way of life to me. Yeah. I'm a huge retail person and I love the yeah. physical space. Interesting. So I think that Target has an opportunity now to not just stand up at this point, which gotcha. would be, to Ace's point, a point to to make a statement, uh-huh. but they can also help the bigger issue. Oh, that's interesting. That's happening. That's interesting. That protects retail for yeah people and framing in, in it in that context probably provides a little bit of cover because you're not necessarily coming off as like social justice warriors. You're, you're actually trying to put in a broader context, protect what you want to protect in that ethos and those core values, but you're doing it in a way that maybe more people can kind of c- come on board with your thinking. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. have to be so polarized yeah. and totally about That's this interesting. particular That's issue. That's really interesting. Um, before, so we, what do we decide? Target's move? What is Well, to- so Asa says it's a miss. You say it's uh, kind did of a, a, it's a uh, I think he said it's a miss, what, what Target did. Is that correct, Asa? Yeah, yeah. No, I said it was a miss. And, you know, I, I totally hear the, the point of, you know, protecting employees and and also this this sanctity of like a store that kind of serves the community but i think you know it's important to remember that stores don't really they're not sentient beings and so it's it's, (laughs) i I think that you know i think that it's more important to protect people and communities especially marginalized communities Mm. over you know some some glass doors and and some uh, plastic shells. Mm, so you think it's a miss because Target missed the opportunity to make a strong statement in yeah. support of the marginalized That's, that's fair. That's a fair comment. That's a fair comment. Very interesting mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. Barbara. Wow. Well, this will stuff. rage on because <laughs> someone asked me, like, are, wait, what is this? How, how far is this going to go into purpose marketing? Are we going to see more and more and more of it? And so I think it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, and that, that just to go back to our ongoing conversation on this, while I do believe in purpose marketing and I think having important values is very important, I do think sometimes a toothpaste is just a toothpaste <laughs> and you can yeah. just be in the marketplace to yeah. sell your product. Yeah. So you don't have to weigh in on right. everything. Right, very true. Very um, and true. that's kind of was my position on Bud Light. Okay, that's Was fair. that they just didn't have a history of yes. weighing in on yes. those so kinds no of things. Yes, so no authenticity. And why they tiptoed into that discussion when they didn't have a good exit plan or they didn't have any marketing strategy to respond to what might have been clearly predicted a negative reaction from some of their core customers. For sure, for sure. That was, to me, bad marketing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why they had to necessarily enter into that debate. That's that's a very fair point. different than Target. A very very fair point. That's a very fair point. Yeah, no, I think in some senses it's like, you know what will happen if you if you I, I feel like and you can comment on this Barbara and Asa I feel like once the toothpaste was out of the tube 
right. for for Bud Light. It's like, well, you can't like thread a needle now and try to like give this like you got to take a stand what, one way or the other, <laughs> you know. So like everyone's <laughs> mad at you now. So if you try to like thread this needle of being like, well, we just want to bring people together and not be divisive and bring folks around so that it, whoever you are, you can enjoy a beer together. That's not going to satisfy anybody. Yeah, <laughs> you unfortunately, know? So, that put them in a very yeah. hard position. Yeah. But if you look at their core customer, yeah. you knew you were going to get a response. Yeah. That's yeah. different than from Target, yeah. I feel like. I think it's different different uh, case examples. Very yeah. interesting. And on to even more depressing okay. news. Yeah, yeah. It turns out society is about to end yeah, let's, in 25 let's years. Go, let's go to our expert here and let him talk <laughs> yeah, about for sure. what he actually knows about. So, um, Asa, there was an article in the New York Times this weekend, I think, about um, some leaders in technology suggesting that AI posed a risk of extinction. That's a pretty Ooh. strong statement. So, so what were you doing when you heard that, Barbara? Did you suddenly say, well, I'm going to have a drink? No, because I was like, whoa, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's dinosaur business. Yeah. That's like the end of the Extinction human level race. event. Yeah. Kinda, ooh, okay. Yeah, that was my reaction. Wow. Like, and they said, you know, they're, the, the, some of the people who signed that letter are very serious, real people who yes. know what they're talking about. Yes. This is not that the fringe. That was pretty scary yes. stuff to me. Right. So, Asa, what was your reaction? Well, I, I sort of uh, agree with you there that I, I also, when I read Extinction, I didn't, I didn't think I, I read that correctly. <laughs> and, then, and then I sort of had to dive a little deeper and be like, Extinction of what exactly? Mm-hmm. I mean, human? Like, there, there was some surprise there. And, and I think this isn't the first time that I've, that I've, I've heard of, of these sort of uh, concerns regarding AI. Um, it, it, it did kind of it, it, it felt a little um surprising that it was sort of thrown in the middle of all of the current ai news which is like chat gpt mm-hmm. and you know microsoft using uh bard and or and or was it google using bard Whichever, google bard google's yeah google's bard, bard yeah. microsoft has a bing version everybody's bard, got yeah. a, a version of this everyone's got one yep. and they're trying to you know release them in consumer facing products and then there's this whole situation of oh but there's extinction level harms it's it, it really to me it surprised me that that how like it's it's hard to reconcile sort of both of those you know yeah i don't think anyone's saying that ChatGPT is going to destroy humanity uh but someone who's only used chat gpt and that's all they have is a frame of reference for ai mm. what other oh. ai's are they talking about? And so it's, it's, in in my opinion, it was, we're still playing hit or miss on that. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, no, I, yeah, it was, it was certainly caught me off guard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the notion is with ChatGPT and those kinds of things, people are worried about the replacement of white collar jobs and things like that. Whereas in the past technology has been on, you know, factory jobs or jobs people didn't necessarily want to do. Right, right, right. But it's a hop, skip and a jump from the replacement of white collar jobs and cognitive processes to like replace humans. Right, 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 right. And AI is going to be a better version of every human. What do we need humans for? Right. You know, it's kind of like that. You could see how it would go there yes um and yeah. the other thing sorry not to be you know paranoid and completely conspiratorial here but you know i'm a big fan of science fiction and you know i watch the movies and there's lots of things that happen in the movies that end up coming to true coming to pass right so the whole idea that you create an artificial intelligence asa 
And yeah, it works. It becomes very intelligent. Why would it not say these humans are inferior to us? How can we? Yeah, we need right. to mitigate this threat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would that not happen? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's like something. little like germs. Yeah, right. Flick you know, them away. What, what are your thoughts, Ace? I mean, is this all paranoia? Is this like? I mean, are we, are we conflating things too quickly, or is using a word like extinction meant to sort of wake us up quickly so that we don't get so far down the road that we're sort of you know not well, really ready? Well, they're actually literally calling for a pause. Yeah. What do you think, Asa? There's certainly cognitive dissonance around the whole conversation. I think that the, I don't think the, the current status of AI at its current level of development is an extinction level risk, but these things at move least fast. I move quickly. About yeah. Developing exponentially. Yeah. Yes. So I think something, I, I think it's, it's certainly, uh, something to talk about and, and something to worry about. But at the same time, how much of this is lip service of this uh, lip service um, from an industry that is really hoping to, to, to get regulated, but to get regulated in a way that doesn't hurt their business. I think mm. something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you can look at some of that from that perspective. Yeah. Let me reintroduce you. I'm Barbara Kahn, along with Marcus Reed. This is Marketing Matters. Today we're joined by Asa Hyken, a technology report reporter for Ad Age, and he covers Web3, AI, and other emerging spaces. If you'd like to ask Asa or any of us a question throughout the show, please feel free to call us at 1-844-WHARTON. Yeah. That's one 844 Seven eight six six. So, Asa, I saw that recently you wrote an article about the death of someone we had been talking about for a while, like the C metaverse officer, you know, and that 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 term metaverse has kind they of got been, all screwed up. Yeah, didn't they? Like, they got, it never it never got out of the gate way. right. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I never yeah. thought that. I never think of metaverse as VR yes. and goggles and things like yes. that. I think yes. of it as immersive reality mm. or immersive media. Right, but immersive media. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's kind of what is I that, think. Barbara, of it is as. that your word? No, I okay. think other wow, people. Wow, I was about to say that that's word. really good. Yeah, immersive I think actually media. even Apple doesn't use metaverse anymore. Smart. They're using twenty four seven immersive media or something like that. So, Asa, sorry. Meanwhile, Facebook said well, we're just going to go hard on <laughs> you know on this. We're just going to go all in on the word meta. Yeah. Did, did that have some effect? Well, do you that think, was on... a big turning point, and but not for the better. Um, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't help metaverse. But now people are walking away immersive from that media. word. But yeah. they're not working walking away from types of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Asa. That's kind of what your article is about. You want to give us some background on that? Sure. The the uh, it all it all started with you know the the chief metaverse officer was a hot role that was <laughs> made <really> up being <laughs> out about a year ago, and this was and even still the metaverse is not a term that is very concrete and people know what you're yes, talking about. Right, so right. at that time, already rolling out C-suite positions sort of felt strange, but uh-huh, mm-hmm. a year later, I wanted to see how these roles were, were still holding up. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. for the most part, brands that have chief metaverse officer or related roles huh. have maintained those positions, but okay. there are a healthy amount of examples of brands who have either seen departures from those roles in the past year and have not expressed any desire to fill those roles interesting that that indicates that maybe this role doesn't really serve the purpose that it was supposed to at the beginning right and there's also a a widening of the chief metaverse officer role 
to sort of if it's it's better it's more accurately described as a like chief digital officer. Yeah. I like your term, Barbara, chief immersive media yeah, officer. Yeah, I think it's yeah. more than just digital because it's more th- I think it's this oh, this idea of digital immersive 24/7 sure. experience and I've seen people talk about what are characteristics of it. Yeah. So for example, it's 24/7, it's immersive, it can be social. You can own your own data yeah. and we've talked about this before, like you can sell your data. Right. Like you can collect your data on the blockchain and right. then you can give your data to particular people right. that they create the experience experience around you. That whole idea yeah. that you're a creator, yeah. that you can do your own avatar oh, and have your own identity, yeah. that maybe digital goods are worth something to you, yep. you know, maybe and maybe they're tied to physical goods and maybe they're not. That's there right. are a lot of some really big ideas in there huge, huge. that I think don't necessarily need to be linked to the word metaverse. That's fair. To be to be and important. That's fair. And to your point, I have data on this from about uh, 7 to 10 uh, sixth graders, okay. and they they are telling me that. To, to, I want you to get comment on this too, Asa. They're telling me that. I mean, they're literally saying there's no difference in their minds between these digital things and the physical things, which is shocking to me. Yeah, right. You are know, they gamers, gamers, yeah, Robloxers, yeah, you yeah. know, Fortniteers, that kind of stuff. And it's it's pretty amazing this world. But your point about get you know giving your data and and in. That's a whole, that's a whole new way to be a content creator. Right, right. That idea of the blockchain or NFTs that are tied to data sources Interesting. suggests you become owner of your own data. That's a really big thing. Gotcha. Um, so and- let me ask this. Sorry, Barbara. Let me ask you this, Asa. What uh, what uh, what is the what are the qualifications, Asa and Barbara? Of a, what, what do you have to have? What are your skills you have to have if you're a chief metaverse officer or a chief immersive media officer? Like, what do you? What's the best set of skills? You know, if that was a role that you were, and it was still around, and you were trying to go for that, what what does that look like? What do you What are you supposed to be good at? You know, in a very concrete way. I think the, I think the fact that you know the the vision that Barbara just laid laid out of what the metaverse is intended to be is and the fact that it's not there not even close to there yet is a testament to the fact that the roles the actual duties that these offices are playing don't really have to do with that at all i think right now it's the ability to think about immersive spaces in terms of your current business practices, sort of be like a, a visionary type thinker, someone who, mm. uh, mm-hmm. someone who can sort of get a feel for where technology is going mm. and, and, and where immersive experiences are going. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also important to understand that none of the chief metaverse officer positions and the companies that have them mm-hmm. are doing thing, are creating new platforms, or doing things that are never been seen before. I think a lot of them have just sort of uh, tied their boat to the, to the, the metaverse boat and are sort of just like, you know, taking it for a ride and whether they stay on it depends if it returns on investment. And so I think that the duties that these chief metaverse officers need to have is, is more abstract than any sort of concrete. You got to be able to, Think about developing an immersive uh, an immersive environment, or with regards to VR, AR, MR, XR. Mm-hmm. I think that it's 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 really, <laughs> and then that it's really a a public facing position because it, it's it's another way of showing, hey, we've hitched our ride to the 
to the the metaverse both. You know, I agree with you that some of the people are like that, you know, that just kind of, you know, like we talked to a bunch of people from Budweiser and some of the other ones that were kind of creating a metaverse thing, building on what's already done, and they're just trying to make sure that Bud has a place in that. So yep. that's a little bit status quo the way you're saying it. But I've also heard of other people, and I see you talked about I I don't know her, but you talked about Kathy Hackle, who's changed her title from chief metaverse officer to chief futurist. <laughs> you know, there are, you know, to They're your making point, it up now. That, yeah, that it's <laughs> kind futurist. of like predicting yeah. in the future. Yeah. I've heard some panels uh, on and some podcasts I've listened to where there are some pretty big thinkers. You know, there are some pretty interesting strategists who are thinking about what it could be, and they're starting to build it. And maybe you're going to see that in startups, or um, and then eventually the bigger brands are going to buy it rather than create it themselves. So they won't have these fancy titles. You know? Right, right, right. It could right. be like everything else. The disruption will come from people outside the system. Right, it's possible. Right. right, but will we ever at Wharton, Barbara, have a metaverse minor? Is that something? <laughs> I think we <laughs> already have media that. Minor. You know, we put together that course, and yeah. we also have some of our colleagues who are pretty big into this area. Yeah, they know the. And I think we talked to you about the legal issues and some of the IP issues and all this other stuff, there's quite a lot to know once we really get into this. We only have a few minutes left. Let's go to some of your other stories that you wrote. You wrote some interesting stories recently. Um, uh, you wrote about TikTok getting into this AI. Oh, dear. Can you tell us? That's like <laughs> really interesting to me. What's TikTok doing uh, on this side? Yeah, no, it's another, it's another chatbot. Uh, TikTok, I think it's called it's called Taco or Taco, and I'm pretty sure it's Taco, and it's a it's a chatbot that is being tested in the Philippines right now. So mm. there's very few users, but it, it's supposed to help users discover content and search for content. And something that's interesting is potentially find out more context with regards to videos. One of the examples that was given was a someone watching a uh, the coronation of the of King Charles, and someone basically asked like. What does this mean? And, and the the image was showing Taco answering it for them. So it could oh, interesting. It, it, ah. it could be used in, in healthy ways. But I think that this goes back to sort of that New York Times article, which is you know the great irony is that how do we regulate and create a more responsible future of AI if all these companies are just releasing all this AI at lightning speed? <laughs> the companies that are asking to be regulated, like open AI are the very ones who are pushing us into this daunting future. So mm. I think it's, it has to start with businesses. How do you, how do you create new business opportunities, but also do it responsibly in a way that doesn't take tech to the point of no return. And we know TikTok is particularly controversial since it's a company owned by the Chinese. Mm. So we got, there. you know, yeah. not necessarily dinosaur extinction, but <laughs> you can give data and kind of do certain kinds of things and influence people in a way that might not be pro-U.S. It yep. might have some other agenda. Mm -hmm. So people are worried about that kind of stuff, too. But it's really, once you get into this kind of world, we definitely are in a brave Barbara, are you world. on TikTok? I have it. I Do you? Okay. I so you, you, you consume it. But uh, you don't, yeah, I okay. don't watch it too much because I really can't stand the idea of going down that rabbit hole. Like, <laughs> yeah. if I start watching it, the next thing it's two hours later, and <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. cannot same. stand that. Same, same, same. So I try not to do that. I'm yeah. not anti-TV like some of my colleagues. I love TV. <laughs> and speaking about TV, what about that succession finale? Ooh, <laughs> like wow. That kind of that's stuff. A, that's a whole other show we have to do. Right, exactly. But anyway, we're out of time here on this show. So, Asa, thank 
thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with everything that you're doing? Adage.com. That's that's where I write. That's where I write, and all my stories are published. Very cool. What's your Twitter handle, uh, Asa? Are you on Twitter? I, oh, dear. I, I exist on Twitter, but I, I wouldn't say I'm an active participant on Twitter. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, Twitter and uh, yeah. Ron DeSantis, that was pretty interesting. That was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One man's you know glorious attempt at innovating and breaking the internet is another man's you know unbelievable, disastrous yeah, exactly. you know faux pas out the gate. So yeah. we'll see. Well, we can take a look This is at great. That. Thank you so much, anyway, Asa. Anyway, yep. thank you very much. We're going to take a short break. This is Marketing Matters, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.